Okay, I have a question. Sure. When do you make the old man noises? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm probably not going to make that many tonight. I'm feeling actually pretty good. So, okay, good. Good, good. I might give you a quick one. Since Emily's still up, I might give you a quick wah before I get started. <laughs> All right. Uh, if nobody else has anything now, I will uh, make an old man noise and then uh, bring us in. Okay. Okay. Wah! Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show Turn Podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Frizzell, also known as Jail Dude, and on Mondays we give you a recap of the previous week's TVTLs. But this is our Friday show where we have on a guest to talk about their experiences with the show and also play and discuss their favorite segment or segments in TBTL history. I can't do it all by myself, so sitting in the Bay City Chevrolet Studios monitoring the Time Warner inbox in Everett, Washington, is the most perfect 10, the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, C. Wise. Hello, Mike. This is an important show for us tonight. I mean, having carry on was nice and all, but um, this is business, so... Christy will be, uh, she's going to be taking a little time off and has recruited this lady to fill in on the recap shows. So we wanted to let everyone get to know her before we started doing that. And all the way from the Twin Bay cities in Minnesota, it's uh, Ann Lundholm. Hello, Ann. Oh, hey there, Mike. Hey there, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> There's that genuine Midwest accent. I love it. That we were promised. Sorry, that's about all I got. I can say Fargo. <laughs> Yeah, you can mock it pretty well. Is yeah, what pretty, is what well. Right. pretty well. We all like to think that we don't have the Minnesota accent. Right. Yeah, but it, slipped, it slips out a little bit too. Like like uh, Emily doesn't talk too much like a Southern girl or a Louisiana girl, but sometimes, you know, they get a little excited and it just right. slips out. When you're tired you know? or angry or drunk. <laughs> right. You can't deny your heritage when nope. any of those things are in play. No, um, Minnesotans will say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I say I slip into it after when I watch Fargo and Jeremy makes fun of me. Just oh, comes... you mean you actually slip into it on a like on for the next day or so? I mean, yeah. Wow. That's I don't a good need show, to. Though. It just it, that's how you know I was raised there. That's where I learned how to speak. So right. <laughs> I can hear it right there. now because you're getting excited. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be Chicago. Oh God, yeah, no. That is worse. <laughs> Chicago's the worst. Um so we had just have one item that we're going to need to discuss before we uh, get on with our guest, Anne. And I, I just when I was doing a little prep for the show tonight, I recalled uh, an idea that I presented in a different forum, but it's been so long and nobody ever listened to that. So I want to dust off this idea and, and show it off for Anne and Christy and see what they think of it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play Anne's TBTL history clip, which is a, a, a doozy. A short one, but a really good one. Uh, we'll it'll let you know how to get involved. And then, of course, we have housekeeping. Uh, the the thing that we must discuss, and I don't know if, Anne, you had as much FOMO as I did, but uh, there was a meetup, an LRB meetup on Sunday afternoon. And uh, t- tell us about that, Christy. Well, I want, I want Anne to tell us about it and what StuBot's really like and how the meetup went and you giving your gift baskets to... The boys, all of oh it. Oh my god! It oh, like I forgot gift. about like that. I was, like I'm Little Red Riding Hood coming along with a basket or something. 
Hey, and I did that once upon a time. I mm-hmm. went to the hundredth episode and I brought gifts for everyone. It's a it's a very polite thing to do. It's very gracious of you to do. I don't it. know. It seems a little weird and stalkery. No, but... people do it all the time. I I was telling Anne. She said I love to do my car and I'm a little nervous. I'm like, no, people do it all the time. I brought them a Costco size uh, whiskey bottle when I was in the studio. Ah, I yeah. like that. Uh, when I first met Christy, I brought her some. Uh, Peanut butter eggs, I think. Yes. Or something like that. Yes, because I said, said they're my favorite. Yeah. So, you know, we all we all tried to do our best to ingratiate ourselves. So you brought this stuff to the meetup after the Livewire show? I did. I did. I just, I wanted it to be a little, hey, welcome to Minnesota. We're really glad you came. Uh-huh. And not so much a... I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for so long. <laughs> Destiny <laughs> to... has finally brought us together. Yeah, I was trying to kind of walk that line. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. I just put a few little things. and Did you bake anything? No. No, I just I wanted to see that's straddling the line there. That's getting creepy. Yeah. So just, just a few little things. Because Anne is a hell of a baker. And I know from experience because she sent me some, what did you call them? Uh, ooey gooey tar bars. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. And I didn't share. Because <laughs> they're too good. <laughs> There's no reason to share. No. <laughs> well, the only reason I shared any of the cheese that Amy sent me is because she sent me almost a metric ton of it. So, and I was going to a Super Bowl party. I felt like I would really be a jerk right. if I didn't. If you have a case of cheese, you have to share <laughs> right. that. <laughs> right. So, uh, Christy, what what happened at the LRB meetup? It looked like uh, a good group. There were dogs there. That's what really got me. Oh, yeah. This this is like this new thing that's in Seattle that seems to break all of the loopholes, which is it's they serve beer, but they don't serve food, but it's called a tasting room. So you can bring in your own food and drinks and kids hmm. can be there. Hmm. And, and you can this, smoke as much as you want. <laughs> that you can't. So it was just when we were walking by, there was two kids' birthdays in this giant brewery. And Jeremy said, who would have a kid's birthday here? And I said, a genius. Yes. And so then every they don't serve food. They have just a food truck out that serves the people. Or you, you know, if you're Bobby and Kate, you walk down across the street and buy wine for your purse and some um, cheese. <laughs> Bobby always has wine in his purse. Always That's one thing I purse. know about him. <laughs> yeah, so it was great. A lot of people came out. It was really fun. Yeah, uh, and there were some pictures of Pokey Jones. That's really all I was hoping yeah, for. There's lots of cute dogs. Um, so what I have for Anne, I was stalking you earlier, oh, and oh, I was on your Facebook page. <laughs> And I noticed that you went to Case Western Reserve in Cleveland. What took you there? They were talking about Case Western the other day, too. I know, and I was so tickled that anybody out of Ohio had actually heard of it. (laughs) But uh, they gave me a big, fat scholarship. So that's where I went. Nice. Good school. Oh, yeah. Anne is nicer and smarter and a better baker than me. She is also a lady... How do you say it? Statistician. Statistician. So now we have two. Yep. Hmm. Most podcasts only, have zero. Only Meredith is a biostatistician, I think, and I'm just a regular statistician. Uh, still only adds up to about half of man scientists. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so you also love spreadsheets? I do. Gosh, me too. <laughs> oh, God. Nerds. Nerds. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed, and uh, you, you were somebody who took the about me 
thing on Facebook very seriously. You wrote yes. You wrote an essay, and I did. One thing I noticed we really have in common is that we're both criers. Yep. Yep. Doesn't take anything from me. I mean, I'll probably cry three times during this episode. <laughs> no, I cried um, twice during the last one. Uh, books, commercials, uh-huh. um, movie trailers. Mm-hmm. When I'm thinking about something sad, other people's weddings, other people's funerals, I just do. Yeah. Anyone doing any kindness for any other person or animal, I start crying yeah, as well. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. When I go to church on Christmas Eve and they turn the lights down at the end and everybody lights the candles and they sing Silent Night, I cry like a baby and mm. I don't, I'm not even religious anymore. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm right Silent there with Night you. gets me every time for some reason. <laughs> so I also noticed that you are a fan of Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. and probably overall a Jane Austen fan. Am I right? I did take a class on her in college. There you go. So, I mean, around here, anything British. I, I noticed that you had two different versions of Pride and Prejudice posted on your page. So uh, wh- I think we've seen all versions of it many times. Right. Not and... the Keira Knightley one. That's just a disgrace. Yeah, it's a, that's garbage. Straight <laughs> yep. up garbage. Just garbage. fire that one right in the trash if someone gives it to you. So historically inaccurate. I just got to say. So... A while back, and Christy, you've probably heard this idea because you used to listen to that stupid show I used to do. So, mm-hmm. so don't blurt it out if you okay. if you if you know where I'm going. But I mean, this is a serious idea, actually. Uh, I think everybody knows Austin is a big music city. In fact, it, they call themselves the music live music capital of the world. And there's um, there are music festivals go on all the time. There are probably five or six of them now. I mean, there's the famous ones. But there, you know, there's always live music going on all over the city, and the but these, you know, it's not enough to sustain a musician in this town. They still have to go tour a lot. And what I was thinking was, there are so many good musicians, especially the ones that are aging, you know, and they just they don't have it in them to go on the road as much. So I thought it's a big tourist town too. So people come here as tourists. They they do all the touristy things, and of course they want to take in live music. What if there were a show? that was always playing like, you know, five nights a week, like a Broadway show, um, a musical uh, that could utilize these local musicians and you could rotate them in and out. Um, they would all play the, the songs from the show. And I was thinking that the show would be uh, Pride and Prejudice, but a musical version of it with, of course, actors and singers and these musicians would would play all the parts. And I think it would be I think it would sell out every night and I think the it would be a boon for the local musicians and it would be a great fun thing for tourists to come see every time they come to Austin. And what I want to call it is Jane Austen City Limits. <laughs> this is one where you, you get the name and you work backwards, right? <laughs> How dare you? You're not a part of the team yet. This is an interview. <laughs> How dare you? I think this is an idea that's already been done. It has? Yeah, there I mean there's Broadway shows all the time that do stunt casting. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm not saying that that the the kind of idea is original. It just is not being done in Austin. And, you know, come on, the title? Come on, that's a winner. <laughs> so, okay, here's my question. Are, are we using period instruments or are we using modern instruments? I mean, is this Jane Austen with guitars or Jane Austen with the forte piano? 
I'll accept all kinds of submissions. In fact, there could be different versions of it. Oh, that's, I don't know. This is, what, what's that movie, A Knight's Tale? I feel like this goes down that. <laughs> hey, that wasn't a bad movie. I think I might have cried of during that movie. Did. I don't usually cry during Heath Ledger movies. Mm. That was Heath Ledger, right? I think yeah, so. Yeah, but he got injured and, uh, and, and now he's he thought dead. the girl was into now, him. retroactively? All right. Okay, so it wasn't my best. I I, I give up on that. Um, no, Chris, no, it's I guess pretty I'll, good. I, mm, you like I it? it? I I give it a two out of five. Two. You can work it. All right. I like it. I like it better than those um, the music of shows that are going around. Like here in Minneapolis, they're advertising for the Janice Joplin show. So it's some lady who comes and pretends to be Janice Joplin nope. for two hours. Nope. I don't. I know. I want to see Janice. I don't want to see some lady doing Janice. Yeah, yeah, a hologram maybe, but Ooh, yeah, yeah, not not right. an impressionist. Um, Christy. I, I guess I'll turn it over to you now. Uh, Anne has saved herself by saying she likes my idea. So uh, <laughs> we can move on to the next part of the interview, okay. which being the TBTL part. But you, you said, Christy, you had some other questions yeah, so for I'll Anne. Did you those. want to do those first? Yeah, I'll ask the, the fringe okay. questions that no one else gets. These are specifically for Anne. Okay. Anne, okay. do you watch Game of Thrones? I gave up on Game of Thrones because I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, it's terrible, right? Well, the, oh, so I gave up on the books as well, mm. and I like fantasy, but and I made it through three books, but the thing about Game of Thrones is this is how it goes. You find someone you like, then something bad happens to them, and <laughs> something worse happens to them, yeah. and something really bad happens to them, and then they die, and I just can't take that kind of emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, when they killed a direwolf... I mean, I almost right. <laughs> turned it off forever. Right well, there. and Mike, remember we did that last year because you were still watching yeah. last season, and I tried to figure out what was going on by the recap or something. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> I and, had given up. And since it's... wait, Luke and Andrew's recap? Yeah, right. Right. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you and... mean the part where Luke can't remember any characters' yeah. names and Andrew can't remember the plot? Right. <laughs> And it's, then Andrew it, goes, wait, that did happen in the book? Oh, no, it totally didn't. Maybe it did. You know, I read them really a long time ago, so I uh, don't really remember. Yeah. It's <laughs> almost worse when someone's read up. the book. <laughs> All right. So next one. Do you watch any sport? Theoretically? Yeah. Just like, do you? are you a football fan? Uh, baseball? well, I used to watch baseball. Okay. So I mean, are you I, a Twins fan? I was, kind of. I mean, they haven't given me much of anything to root about for the last <laughs> right. few years. Right. <laughs> One of them might possibly be related to Ariana Grande. Right. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah that's something. <laughs> uh, that's another story. I, I don't know. And I, I, I don't have cable, so... If they don't put it on the broadcast TV networks, I don't watch it. And mm -hmm. they, they've slowly moved all the games over to the sports network. Yep. And now there's only like one or two a year. And I'm like, well, I... Uh. Um, Stu writing that article is similar to a Mike has ideas. <laughs> he heard the last name, thought of a thing, wrote the article, and then it blew up. He went backwards. Yeah. I mean, it works sometimes. Yeah, Stu's, it Stu's figured it out. Right. It's solid journalism. 
I mean, it's no Pride and Prejudice in, what did you say? Local <laughs> Pride and Prejudice or uh, City Limits. I don't remember. Jane Austen City Limits. Jane Austen City Limits. Okay. Um, what is your favorite Minnesota comfort food? I guess I have to say hot dish. What's that? What's, casserole? It's a casserole. I, it usually involves, um, well, tater tots, if mm, you're going to be classic, and the cream of mushroom and some sort of meat, probably chicken. and Yeah. I, I don't Can't know. Can't go wrong there. No. Something? Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds delicious. Um, who is your favorite TBTL guest or character? <clears throat> Besides Mike. You can't say Mike. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was getting ready to kiss ass and you headed yeah. me off. Of the uh, if you, you say job, hot you Greg, this to. interview's over. Yeah, sure. yeah we're <laughs> unplugging and it's over. <laughs> mm, I always enjoy when Andy Haynes is on. Oh, he's great. Because great I do. Stuff. Well, I like any of it. Of the times when the friend of the show comes on. I, I like it more when they're just allowed to sort of be a part of the atmosphere. When somebody comes on and Luke wants to interview them about the process of comedy, I'm like, dude, just let the guy be funny. Yeah. Just let's just talk. He's given up that sort of business. He he talked about it on the show I was listening to tonight, how he used to be, quote unquote, on his grind trying to, you know, make TBTL into the, a next level thing. But it's always going to be what it is, and it's going to be and, and the, how big TBTL gets is only based on the force of Luke's personality, not his gets. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Um, next one is: What's your favorite thing to bake? Cake. Cake. Any specific cake? No, I do all kinds of cake. I do birthday cakes, bunt cakes, angel food cakes. Um. God, now it's like I'm naming nuts. <laughs> uh. Don't don't make Christy wait for any of these cakes. <laughs> yeah, I I I would rather hear cakes being named than nuts. No, and here's <laughs> why I like baking cakes because a cake is one single unit. If I bake cookies, then by the time I get them to where they're going, who's to say if I started out with five dozen or three dozen? You know, right? But when you have a cake, I can't very well cut a slice out of that and then <laughs> show up with most of a cake. <laughs> It keeps you, you disciplined, could. right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Although one time I made a couple of loaf cakes and I was so desperate that I actually cut them in half and took a slice out of the middle and then pushed the ends together and frosted yeah. them. Oh. That is it's... an amazing tip. <laughs> okay. And then last one is, what time is too early for a fish sandwich? God, I didn't know these questions would be so hard. <laughs> I'm going to say probably 7 or 8. A.M. Well, or P.M.? A.M. A.M. Is it Lent or not? Oh, oh Lent, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is technically Lent right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Mm. On yeah. Friday. 9 a.m. on Friday. Probably. Is when it's time for fish sandwich. 9.01. <laughs> get yeah. your fish sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So now let's get into our normal questions. Okay. What was your first TBTL episode? My first TBTL episode was June 27th, 2011. 
It was show number 849, and it was the show after Christy's favorite episode. It was after the TV theme song. Oh, la, 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 la. (laughs) And I remember because the first thing that happened, maybe the first thing, was that Jen came on and she wanted to apologize to Sean because she felt that in her... Yes, in her quest to get the list to work out perfectly of top five TV theme songs, she had pushed Sean to make his pick in a way that he wasn't comfortable. And she reflected on her behavior and she felt that she had bullied him and she wanted to apologize. And I thought that was really cool because we live in a culture where that kind of behavior is not encouraged to say that you were wrong, to say that you didn't like the way that you behaved. And that she would just come out and say, I'm sorry. I, th- I thought that was great. Not to get sidetracked, but had Sean noticed, it had the listeners noticed that she had done this slight during the show? Uh, Sean didn't seem bothered. You know, Sean. Yeah, it was just, Sean. Ah, Sean, no, pro- Sean. no problem. Yeah. Well, Christy, you've heard that show many times now. Did you notice that he got he got? Oh, for railroaded? sure. I think he, he got steamrolled every time there was a mashup. <laughs> well, his Madonna selections were yeah, so he, terrible. He was terrible at it. He was terrible at it and deserved to be steamrolled. Right. But I, thinking back, I believe that they got emails and message board for people that wanted the songs that he liked and said that, that he was being pushed out and bullied. oh yeah so he took he took uh, opinions from randos on the internet and <laughs> yeah. brought them to the show right but then once i heard jen's apology i had to go back to the day oh, before yeah. of course to find mm-hmm. out what happened and right. then i was on the train sure so how did you even find out about tbtl to listen to that one? Oh, it was wait wait of course <laughs> and i was i was listening and Peter Sagal was introducing Luke and he said something to the effect of, and now the man who's revolutionizing podcasting with his show, Too Beautiful to Live, and the word revolutionize really caught my ears. And then I heard the name of the show and I thought, well, anybody that would name their show something so smartass is somebody that yeah. I really should check out. Yeah. You need to be uh, friends with that person. Yep. Yeah. We should actually keep track of these stats of where listeners find out. I bet it's overwhelmingly. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Lynn? <laughs> Lynn, I need the stats. Or, I mean, we have two lady statisticians. <laughs> You're struggling with that. I know. It's just like the archivist. Archivist. I can't do it. There was a, there was a guy I used to uh, hang out with in prison. He used to play basketball with this guy, and we used to play backgammon, which he called AC Ducey. And I didn't, he taught me how to play, and I didn't know that he taught me how to play backgammon. Because he called it AC Ducey, and when I got out of prison, someone asked me to play backgammon, and I said, "Okay, you got to teach me." And then I kicked their ass. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's name is uh, Skip, and he used to say, uh, uh, "What? How did he used to um, strategy?" He used to say uh, he had a strategy for AC Ducey, <laughs> and he also struggled with statistics. Yeah, excellent. That's a hard one. Um. Which episode turned you into a 10? It was the, what I like to call the caveman linguistics <laughs> episode. Oh, yeah. And I remember because I was at the gym and I was time banditing furiously by this point, And I had already done my Andrew Walsh approved ellipticals. And I was down on the workout floor. I was doing some core 
stuff, you know, planks and like crunches do. and push-ups and all that awful crap. And I was listening to this episode and I was thinking to myself, you know, this is really great because this is educational. I'm learning something here about science. And it's in this really fun way. It's not so stuffy like NPR usually is. And then when he came to the big reveal and he did the A, I started laughing so hard I had to stop in the middle of a crunch. And I was just lying on the floor in the gym laughing. And I was like, I, I'm all in. That was a great moment. Great we haven't done that one yet, have we? I think so. Yes. We did? Okay. Yep. That was a fair. A lot of people wrote in about that one mm -hmm. for sure. Um, so why does TVTL matter to you? Oh, well, I made some notes on this so I wouldn't forget. Are you going to cry? No. I don't care if you do. I, I don't just know. Need to get some Kleenex because I, I might get choked up on these sometimes. I, I, I might. I never know that I'm going to cry until I do <laughs> until it. Until happens, yeah. Yeah, so fine. Okay, so I have two reasons that I love TBTL. And the first one is about Luke and Andrew themselves. And, and I'm a public radio listener, like probably most tens are. And I really like the content of public radio. But I find the people are so boring some of the time. Mm -hmm. It's it's like they go through that NPR media training or something where they're all so carefully <laughs> modulated. Right. It's like the edges of their personalities all got sanded off. And I honestly can't tell the difference between a lot of people. So when I started listening to TBTL, I've got these two people who are real. They're smart and interesting and they have this public radio sensibility, but they're also really funny and flawed and they share their opinions and they open themselves up to us and they share their lives in a way that nobody in radio actually does. Yeah, I don't and know I anything about Lakshmi great. Singh. I don't know as no. much as I want to know about Don Gagne. Yep. And every time they say that was Lakshmi Shming, I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, right. That person. Yeah. No personalities. No. They're all so um, invested in being objective journalists that I just feel like it's a very um, sanded down experience for mm -hmm. me. And God knows that's not what you get on TBTL. So I appreciate yeah. that. And the second thing is something that's come up quite a lot of times from this question. And that's uh, the community that TBTL has fostered. And for myself, I've always felt like a, a little bit of an outsider. Even in my friend groups in high school and college, I felt like I was a bit on the fringe. Like, would anybody really care if I wasn't here? Like... I didn't quite feel that anybody got me, but when I got into contact with any of the tents, I sort of feel like I met my kindred spirits. And these are yeah. people who are smart and silly and welcoming and who care about things and care about people in a really deep way. And even though I'm a mostly silent 10, I'm just lurking in the background all the time and I rarely post but I feel strangely accepted in the community. And um, it's like based on my past history and my past feelings, I should have been petrified to go to that meetup after right. Livewire last week. And I really wasn't because I knew that my friends would be there, even mm -hmm. if I didn't know any of them. Mm -hmm. And that's a great thing. And TVTL brought us all together. One thing that I didn't get a chance to mention last week when we had carry on because I got too choked up, 
And I mentioned that I have the life I have because of TBTL and that I'm married because of TBTL. I didn't get to the, to the fact that um, I'm a part of a great community with a lot of great people that um, I'm glad that I got a chance to meet. And the reason is because we all are enjoying this same quirky thing. So we can all identify with each other as, you know, just a little to the side, you know, where I, I think, I think if you're into TBTL, you're, you're not, there's something not completely normal about us. We're a little to the side <laughs> and to be able to find each other is great. We're all, we're all outsiders in the same way. Yeah. But I, I'm really glad that you said that, Anne, because people constantly say to me, I'm too scared to go to this meetup or I don't know. I don't, I, I'm going to try to bring someone, but no one wants to come with me. And I'm really glad that you went by yourself. You didn't know anyone, but now you've met in real life people you consider your friends. Yeah. And I met so many people and I didn't even meet half of the people who were there, but I had a great time. Yeah, you guys had a great turnout. I think mm -hmm. you even surprised Luke and Andrew with how many people showed up. And all I was hoping for was respectability. I didn't want them to show up and there would be like seven people there. Like, hi. <laughs> you know, hey, but come it back was, to the Midwest. <laughs> right. It was so much better than I think anybody expected. It, it was a really great time. Oh, I have a recommendation for you. Um, you should friend Ashley Gilliam in Dallas and uh, give give her the the report on the handshakes and hugs. Uh, that, Except that for that, give, Ashley give is her nemesis. Yes. What? Oh, because be, oh, I, of the archiving. Yes. Oh, I was going to get into that. So okay, sorry. Ashley doesn't been... know this yet. <laughs> this is all. They've always been one week ahead of each other, oh. and currently Anne is winning with sixteen weeks. Hmm. Ashley, get on that. Yeah, Ashley's at fifteen. So <laughs> I, I'm terrible. I am. I am so competitive. I am the worst winner, and I am the worst loser. It, Anne was my favorite because when she hit ten, she goes, "I think I'm going to slow down now." And I was like, "Or you could be the first to 15. And she was like, "Damn it." <laughs> okay. And we, and we have a lot in common. I, I am <laughs> the same way. I'm a terrible loser and a terrible winner. <laughs> And I do all the right things and I'm very gracious, but inside there's this right. white hot rage. <laughs> it's a monster. Burning. Yeah. Right. This is why I can't play any sports. And also the fact that I have no athletic talent. But, you know, other than that, I just, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> you, I'm you sorry, Ashley. <laughs> Ashley, your episode was lovely and you seem like a lovely person, but I have to crush you. I'm sorry. But <laughs> you're going down. <laughs> I love it. So what do you do while you're listening to the normal episode, not archiving? Um, Mostly working, you know, spreadsheeting. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I go for a walk at lunch and I listen to TBTL or puttering or I'd rather talk about what I do when I'm listening to LRB to tell you the truth. Okay. Because I always save the Friday episode and I listen to it on Sunday while I'm doing my baking for the week. Oh, nice. I like that. I like and I bake something. I bake something every week and bring it into the office. And um, it's two of my favorite things going together is LRB and some sort of um, sugar that I could eat. That's very Midwest. You, 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 you've got a lid on your <laughs> on your rage for your rival. You're baking stuff for the office. Yes. Yep. I, I love it. 
It's really not about the office. It's about me getting to eat cake. I sure, just need them sure. to take the rest of it. Let, let me ask you a question about that then. What's yeah. the um, what's the etiquette? Uh, are you allowed to slice yourself off a little bit or do you have to just impatiently wait for someone else to go in and, and break the seal? Uh, oh, there's no waiting at my office. <laughs> I work with an office full of male engineers. They're, yeah, they're not they're, shy. Mm-hmm. No. Same no. with me. Okay. We've actually commiserated about that. She has the similar new kind of new agey open floor plan where no one has offices. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> so you can hear every single thing. And then also just engineers that are super awkward, don't know how to talk to people, especially women. And that eat snacks like mad people. Well, I know, Christy, you have to watch Barefoot Guy going in, in and out of the restroom. And do you have a Barefoot Guy at your at your job? Gross. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a Seattle a Seattle engineer thing. If, if they're wearing clothes, then we're happy. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't, you can't go barefoot here. It's too cold. Yeah, it's way too cold for that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then last, I totally went out of order. What um, have you had any TB tail appearances? I have written into the show exactly once, and I had my email read. So that's good batting average. Really good batting average. What was it about? Well, so a couple of summers ago, uh, they did a story. I think it was out of Brazil, and it was about. This radio show where adopted kids would call in to oh, search yeah. for their birth parents. You yes. remember this yes. one? <laughs> and the story was that some lady had called in and her birth mother had heard and also called in. So they were connected live on the radio. And then the mother was saying that she uh, also gave up a son and from the information that she gave, they pieced together that the daughter had married the son. They had met and married completely unknowingly. And then, of course, it was uh, very upset and unfortunate from there. But what Luke mainly took from this was um, the idea that people are so invested in finding their biological parents. And he's, of course, a lot lately talked about his biological Mm -hmm. father and how he knew who he was and where he was and had a means to get in touch with him and never felt even the slightest interest in doing so. And Mm -hmm. so he ended the show by saying, Oh, if there's anybody else who has a story like that, write in and let me know. And I was like, well, if there was ever a call to action for me, Mm -hmm. that's it. Because, uh, my father, well, When my parents got married, my mom was 22 and my dad was 40. So I think we can really agree that that was the basis for a lasting relationship right there. (laughs) But she figured out pretty quickly that it wasn't going to work. And when she found out that she was pregnant with me, that was the catalyst to leave. And Mm -hmm. so he was around a little bit for the first year of my life. And then he just decided that he was done with me and that I didn't exist. And so Mm -hmm. I grew up with... No Christmas presents, no phone calls, no birthday cards, no nothing. And I never cared in the slightest. Mm. And my mom made sure that I had a really good relationship with my grandparents and my aunt, his parents and sister. And um, so I knew, again, 
who he was, where he was, and how to get in touch with him. And I could not have cared less. I think I, we hear a lot of stories about, because there's there's more drama in finding that person and then, you know, uh, reconnecting and seeing if, you know, there's anything between the people. And so you hear all those stories, but I think your situation and Luke's situation is far more the common yeah. situation. Because if you if you do have a good upbringing, then you're just like, eh, who needs that guy? Exactly. Yeah. And my mom got married when I was three and that guy's my dad. So right. I didn't need the other guy. But the part of uh, my email that Luke read was that when I was 20, my father contacted me and said, I've been thinking about you for a long time. Can we meet? And I said, all right. I was sort of polite and sort of curious. And so mm -hmm. I went and he was just weird. It was such a strange experience. And my aunt tried really hard to facilitate the relationship for a lot of years. But the more time I spent with that dude, the more grateful I was to my mom for yeah. knowing that this was not a right. person that she wanted to raise a child with. Mm -hmm. He was just so strange. Well, and it's good. That situation is good because you wouldn't accidentally marry your half brother. Oh, God, no. I have two half-brothers, and I know exactly who they are. Are you friends with them on Facebook? Because Luke has talked about how he's seen the brother but hasn't done anything. I know. I was thinking about that. It's really different for me because uh, my half-brothers are through my mom, so we mm. grew up together, and mm -hmm. those little buttheads are <laughs> pretty much the best people in my life. Oh. And I, I couldn't imagine not having a relationship with him. But for Luke, that's very different. And I was trying to think yeah. what I would want. And, and I don't think that there's a wrong way for him here. If he wants to make contact, great. If he doesn't want to make contact, I think that's should be acceptable too. Mm -hmm. Well, Christy, um, is it time to play the clip? It is. I don't want to give it a big introduction because... Uh, it's so it, great. <laughs> it, it, it pretty much gets right into it. Um, because Anne was so kind as to edit the tape. Another reason she's coming aboard because she can <laughs> yeah, she's take work Jeremy's off our hands. Favorite already, <laughs> just like I have right. my favorite Jeremy. I mean, uh, Jeremy has his favorite LRB host, and it's not me. <laughs> right, not you. You're not even. Uh, well, no. you're ahead of me, but that's about it. I think. Yeah. But after um, his broed up trip to Canada, I'm I'm below Bobby for sure. Oh yeah, uh, we're gonna hear all about that business. Um, <laughs> All right, so I'll go ahead and throw it. Uh, the, this is from, uh, I think, uh, and it's like 2009, somewhere in there? 2008. 2008, February, Radio February Days. February 13th, 2008. There you go, Radio Days, and uh, here you go. But the thing that I that I was most sad that we didn't really get a chance to, to delve into when we were talking Clemens was this little gem of a story, Jennifer, that, that kind of popped its head up like a groundhog, like a prairie dog, about you lying about volunteering with muscular, for muscular dystrophy? What? Yeah. What happened? Okay. I was at a party, and I was talking to a woman who I had never met, and she had recently returned from the country of Tajikistan, where she was an aid worker. Mm -hmm. So she had been with people who were truly suffering for many years. Yeah. 
So she comes back to America, the land of excess, the land of fluff. She's at a party filled with shallow people, and she's talking to me about this with tons of passion. I mean, wait she's... a second. How long ago was this? <laughs> this is like two summers ago. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was like when you were fifteen. No, no, it's very recent. <laughs> So yeah. you're at this party. So, and I'm talking to her all by myself, and she is going on and on about how she is just shocked by how horrible America is and how horrible Americans are. And she's been with these suffering people, and she comes here, and all we want to do is talk about our money and shopping and Mariners games. It was the middle of summer. I mean, she was going on and on. And the problem was she was indicting me. As she was speaking, she was kind of describing my favorite activities. Yeah, it sounds kind of like a laundry list of yeah, and just P.F. Chang's in there. So it's building, you know, it's like all these things that Americans do, and she's just disgusted by it, and she just can't wait to get back to you know a country where real stuff goes on. So she gets done with this diatribe and says, "And what do you do?" <laughs> and all that goes through my mind is shopping and Mariners games and drinking in the afternoon, all the things that she had just mentioned. And so what I said was, I volunteer with children who have muscular dystrophy. What? And Did I don't even, even know where that comes from. I don't even know what that disease is. <laughs> I don't know what it looks like. I have no idea. Wait it came out. How, was there any... Was there a moment where the thought was in your brain before it came out, or were you were you actually just saying it before you could even think of it? In other words, did you have a moment of thinking, here's what I'll say, I volunteer with children of muscular dystrophy? I had the moment of thinking to myself, I should say I volunteer. Like, I definitely, that was happening in my mind while she was talking. I was thinking, mm -hmm. I could say I volunteer, because I certainly mean to. Yes. You know what I mean? It's kind right. of a truth. That's, yeah, that's not a total lie because you definitely have been meaning to volunteer. And I support volunteers right. and volunteering. Absolutely. I think that's wonderful. A big proponent of other people volunteering. Mm -hmm. But you had to you had to put this little maraschino cherry of of untruth on top of this lie Sunday with the muscular dystrophy which you don't even know how that manifests. I know. <laughs> and the, and <laughs> So of course then what was Immediately happened when she said, oh, how wonderful. And I could feel myself like growing in her eyes, like the esteem. Like I was all of a sudden the good one at the party. And thank God she found me to talk to. Like, and so I kind of felt myself thinking, thank God that I volunteer with children with muscular dystrophy. Like I kind of started at believing it for a At least you said it right too. Like you didn't, you didn't mispronounce the, no. the ailment. And so then she said, how is that? And I thought, now we're getting into an area where I could get caught. And so I said, it's really, it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to see. Because I thought to myself, muscular dystrophy sounds like it doesn't look good. <laughs> We're not, by the way, laughing about muscular dystrophy at all, uh, for the record. We're laughing at what an idiot Jen is. Yes. I just want to, I mean, I, I think that's clear to people. But, yes. But this is not meant to in any way uh, diminish what people are going through with that. But the fact that you would lie about I it. I know. And that you... That your answer was, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's really hard. hard to see. And so then I knew right then, this is the money moment. I have to leave right now. And so I said, it was so nice to meet you. Thank you for the work you're doing in the world. And, uh, you know, I hope we meet again. And I moved to the other side of the party and thought, whew. Was Jason there? No. No, he was wasn't. Was this like a Tupperware party? No, it was like a, a, a ladies getting together to drink in the afternoon. I think it was a liar party. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> so surprise! <laughs> it's a liar party. <laughs> Jen's invited. <laughs> you lied. <laughs> That's what you yell at a liar party. <laughs> <laughs> you lied. <laughs> shh, 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 Jen's coming. <laughs> you <laughs> lied. <laughs> Does Jason know about this liar? Oh yeah. Oh well, I got caught. Oh. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably an hour later. I was in the um, kitchen area saying goodbye to everyone. And she wandered up <laughs> and said, it was so nice to meet you. Da, 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 da. And, you know, I'm here for the whole summer. And so if you need other volunteers, let me know. <sighs> At which point my friend turned to her and said, what? Do I know this friend? <laughs> no, I mean, do I, do I actually know this friend? You Is do. it a friend from our school days? Yes, she was on our show just last week. Oh, the S-Dog. Uh-huh. What? And that's when I started to sweat. <laughs> now, wasn't it possible that you just had a volunteer? You, you know, you, you, you're a very active person. If, I, if you and I had been at the party together and if someone had said, if you ever need help with the volunteering, I would have just figured that's some part of Jen's life that I don't really know about. Mm-hmm. But the S-Dog well, called you out? No, she didn't. She just said, oh, what? What? What is that? Doesn't she never ask questions about that kind of stuff? Never. Just people of America. Never. When, when you, when, whenever there's something you don't exactly understand like that at a party about someone who you know was volunteering or someone who was on a date with someone, any, just, just let it go. Yeah. The, the, the question should never be, what? Because nothing good has ever come from someone at a party overhearing a conversation going, what? Because usually when it doesn't jive in your mind, if you're friends with someone and you hear them spinning a yarn, I have a couple of friends that are like certified compulsive liars, and I've learned to just stifle my what reflex. Like, you got shot in Thailand? What? <laughs> <laughs> Let it go, Burbank. But Shandog had not She just that, genuinely wanted to asked, know. or it was, her, it was her mom, like somebody standing there, one of those, one of the family members, yeah. like genuinely said, what? And then it was one of those moments where it was exactly like Roger Clemens, like exactly like I was like, well, you know, because I was in, in, you know, back la last summer, that time I in, and, you know, no I mean, I just like kind of mumbled and clearly was lying and was it was so horrifying. I can't even tell you. It was just one of those. And I couldn't even I didn't understand why I had said it. I didn't understand why. Uh, why did I care that this woman was going to indict me with the rest of the shallow Americans? I have no idea. It was just such a totally out of left field lie. What was your you you tried to say uh, last summer? I was I met a kid named Ricky who had muscular dystrophy. I mean, well, what I what I knew at that point was that I was going to have to spend my life giving money annually to MDA because of the karma. Have like, you, you know what I mean? When you lie about working with kids with a disease, when you lie about that, you are so low. I mean, your karma is so bad that I, I knew at that moment, like, this, I'm now going to have to support muscular dystrophy for my whole life. So there's a good outcome there is a good. to all this, which is that every year muscular dystrophy gets an anonymous check for $50,000. <laughs> well, it's not anonymous because you do want that tax deduction, but I... <laughs> You know, I mean, my karma's not that bad. <laughs> I'm not going to take the hit on taxes. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm still claiming it. <laughs> Wait. So, did anyone at at the at the this little event? Did anyone 
call you out or did everyone no. just kind of go, hmm? No, it, it was very, I think it was completely obvious I was lying and everybody just kind of let it go and moved on. And then I told the, that woman later, like I went to her and fessed up. And Are you in a 12-step program? <laughs> I do like to make amends whenever possible. And also, it was just, I was so horrified by it, and I really did feel like my karma was in great jeopardy. Wait, I, you went back to the Tajikistan lady, and yes. you copped this whole lie. Yes, and I told her, I said, I'm really sorry, I just, I felt so foolish talking to you, because you were talking about such important and deep things, and I didn't, I just felt very foolish, and I said a lie, and um, I do mean to volunteer, like I did that whole thing, like, and I want to be a volunteer. Did you go to her house? No, I, I called her. And what did she say? She, <laughs> she didn't this really know what to say. This would never happen in Tajikistan. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't really know what to say. She just kind of said, oh, that's okay, that's okay. You know, like, I'm sure she felt just as awkward as I did. So, oh, okay, that's okay. I mean, I'm sure she was like, what? Because yeah. she already sounds, just it, based on what you've been saying, like a really pompous, insufferable person. <laughs> I mean, she sounds to me like somebody... Like, see, the thing is, you could have totally karate chopped her in the Adam's apple. That would have been fine. But lying about muscular dystrophy, not fine. No. She sounds like a pretty annoying person. But what mm -hmm. you did was was, worse. was way worse. <laughs> yeah. Way, way worse. I know. Were you nervous before you called her? Yes. I was so nervous. I was so embarrassed. I mean, I'm freaking 33 years old at the time. I mean, I was so embarrassed. I mean, like, what the first thing you said, how old were you? Because you're thinking I was like 12. Yeah. You know, to say, no, I was 33. And I just... I mean, there's no defense for it. It was so awful. And so I think like to, um, for penance, I think is why I felt like I needed to apologize to her. Um, I told all the people at the party what I had done. Wow. Said I was really sorry. You're I mean, on a radio show talking about it right now. <laughs> no. too. I mean, and I'm almost kind of in tears about it. I mean, it's like such a horrible thing that I did. And I, it, and I don't even know why. It just came out. Well, I commend you, Jennifer. <laughs> I really do. I commend you for for uh like just laying it out there because it's it's hard to do it was just like the the first time that Vanessa and I one of the first times we ever hung out socially it was actually with um a, a bunch of people in LA and I had said to her there was this bowling alley in Eagle Rock California which is a suburb of LA that there was this really cool old bowling alley that I had wanted to buy um which I didn't have the money to buy it. I, my trying to buy the bowling alley involved calling them and going, would you be interested in selling the bowling alley? And the guy said, uh, the manager's not here right now. And then they <laughs> hung up. That was that was the extent of me trying to purchase this bowling alley. But I remember thinking what a great idea it would be because it was had old-fashioned-y lanes, um, at, like the old-fashioned scoring thing. It didn't have the automatic scoring. And it was just like an Eagle Rock is is, is now jumping off with hipsters. So I rem somehow I was so I thought it was such a good idea to buy the bowling alley that it made me feel like I I kind of already had purchased it like I was so enthusiastic about it and so I, when I, I I first met Vanessa I think it was in D.C. and I said to her she said something about Eagle Rock and this bowling alley I said oh yeah I tried to buy that bowling alley <laughs> and so flash forward to Los Angeles and we're all hanging out with this group of people and. She says, oh, isn't that the bowling alley you tried to buy? And my friend, who knows me really well, caught her, started laughing. And 
she and I had to cop to the fact that I hadn't really tried to buy it. And then everyone at the table started telling stories of how I exaggerate. Aww. And it was like an intervention that I didn't ask for. <laughs> and it was totally deserved. And I had such a hard time. I was like, you guys, this is really hard to hear. And I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> I'm just saying this is back really. Back off. I, I, but I wasn't even telling him to back off. I was just saying if if you see me react, if if you see me like I'm I'm flushed, I'm sweating, I'm I'm sobbing intermittently. It's because this is really this is hard to hear for me, even though it's true. So I've been trying to do that less, so I have fewer of those situations. But I feel you. Jason always tells me that with the number, when I'm going to answer a question that has a number, or I'm going to tell a story that involves a number, I should think of the number in my head and then divide by two. Mm-hmm. And then that's probably closer to the real number to try to keep my hyperbole in check. So you'll sometimes see me stop because I'm about to say there was a thousand people there and I'll say it was 500. <laughs> um, well, I, I think that we're I think that we're all growing on this yes. program tonight. I think TBTL been, is growers. TBTL is is summer showers, summer growers and TBTL is both. <laughs> we really are. It's, it's been a, it's been a night of caring and sharing. Okay, it's not like me to do research normally, but <laughs> I, I had already crept through all of Anne's pictures and everything about her, you know, <laughs> like I like to do. Uh, so I did a little research on Tajikistan, and <laughs> there are a couple of interesting statistics about there. Uh, it's 98% Muslim, which it, it was a former Soviet republic, and, and so there was a lot of struggle there because they were trying to stamp out religion for a long time in the, in the Soviet Union. Um, forty nine percent of their of their economy of the money that flows to their economy is from remittances, and that means their their citizens work elsewhere and send money back, and that's not a great economy. And oh. they're they're really struggling. It's a really terrible place. But that does not give that woman the right to try to pretend she's better. Else than everyone else. And I I liked what Jen did and I wish she'd have stuck with it. Yeah, I know me too. <laughs> but did you do any research on muscular dystrophy? Uh no, I do I already know a little bit about okay. muscular dystrophy. And, and what I liked about what she said is she didn't know anything about it, but it didn't sound like it looked very good. <laughs> no, it sounds like it wouldn't look good. It wouldn't look good. I just love how she doubled down on her lie when she, when uh the lady was said, "How was that?" And she was like, "It's difficult. It's difficult. It's so hard. It's, it's, it's really hard." But th- it put me in mind of another lie that Jen told, and uh, this one hits home to you. And she had made a cake, or she bought a cake, or something, and and somebody was eating that cake, and they said, "Oh, this is so delicious. What's your secret?" And she said that she'd left it out in the rain. Well, I think how it went was she went to a party and you had to bring a dessert or something. So she made a boxed cake mix, like a Duncan Hines okay. or whatever. Right. And when she right. got to the party, she realized that it was a party where you brought your own treats made from scratch. Uh-huh. And everyone was raving over her cake and said, well, what did you do to get it so moist? And so she said, well, I put it outside on the back deck and let it absorb no. the moist Pacific air. Why don't I remember that? That's amazing. (laughs) And then she said, and anyway, and everybody knows that a box cake tastes better anyways. And I went, (gasps) oh, no. Oh, and you didn't write in right then. Well, 
I was time banditing. It was like three three years oh, later. Right. <laughs> right. What am I thinking? Yeah. You but I, have a I wanted to be like, dear Jen, how dare you? <laughs> but I was I was thinking that um, it puts me in mind of this thing that's called the pizza cognition theory. That's on, I think, SeriousEats.com. They developed it, which says that whatever kind of pizza you were exposed to first as a child mm. is the kind of pizza that you feel is the right kind of pizza. Whether so it's like Chicago deep dish or oh. it's the New York slice or whatever you were raised with is mm. what seems like the correct definition to you. So I thought maybe if you were a person who grew up eating the box cakes, that's right. what seems right to you. It's really light and springy and fluffy. And it's because of all the chemical leaveners right. they put in there, by the way. But maybe that's what's home to Jen. Yeah. So you you forgave her. You have a big heart, Anne. I appreciate Eventually. that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I still think about it every now and then. <laughs> As you're and angrily baking a fancy cake. Exactly. And um, also other times she's lied, the Dean Ewan thing, oh, the hockey yes. thing. Um, we did a, a sh uh, an episode of Takedown with her where I think I think I might have gone through and chronicled so a lot of her major lies. I can't remember if I did or not, but we'll link that show in case people want to hear it. She was a delight. Um, that was Takedown number thirty six, I think. Uh, and but Luke had to confess. Was this the first time he'd confessed about the bowling alley? I feel like it was. I think so. Yeah, because he's talked about it a lot since then, and wow. <laughs> That was embarrassing. And she still went out with him after finding that out. I know. Well, I I forgot that I forgot that there had been a friend lie intervention. You know, that he, all of his friends decided to talk about all the times that they had lied oh. he had lied to them. Yeah. Yeah. Impromptu intervention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's embarrassing, especially when you know, Luke is not generally a liar i'm sure you know he's a storyteller and he mm -hmm. uh, accentuates the stories and, yeah. of you know a few things but we all do that that particular time was more or less a lie and he got caught in it and then had to pay a tremendous price for it i thought i mean yeah i mean casper and bethany of course that was a classic right, right. Uh, mm -hmm. classic luke <laughs> lie but um <laughs> he was talking about his friends that are just bald-faced liars and he mentioned during that clip uh the person who claimed they were shot in thailand when they just had some yes. sort of mm -hmm. keloid scar on their back and that he had to stifle the what yeah when you're when he's calling hearing... me a liar <laughs> <laughs> right right because usually usually you'll overhear your friends lie and there's like some girl they're trying to impress or something and and you just have to go Ugh, i'm gonna kill him over this later but yeah. I, I gotta i gotta <laughs> let him have it in the moment because he might have a chance here was that bros before hoes a little bit a little okay bit. good <laughs> yeah we we allow our friends to deceive women into sexual relationships <laughs> it's just what we do until you want to get with that lady and then you tell her all right this then stuff. you say hey you know that's all bullshit about the bowling alley right <laughs> Oh, I didn't have anything else on this. What did you guys, um, the confession though. Yes, I that's what I really wanted to talk about is that confession. Yeah. Why did and she I, do that? She shouldn't have done that. I don't think mm -hmm. I wanted her to get away with it. And I think there's a difference. And she was saying that she did penance, right? So she was caught in the lie, but then she called the lady up 
and explained the whole thing and apologized. And then she called everybody else up at the party <laughs> and apologized too. And it seems to me there's a line you cross between mm-hmm. being contrite and just self-flagellating. Right. And I, I, I would never have gone so far as she well, did. And if you're calling the lady to apologize, I mean, if you called me to apologize about that, I I would be curious as to, well, why did you feel like you had to lie? And then what do you do then? Because then you kind of have to lie too, because what she really, what the truth was is say, well, I really thought you were being a punch bowl turd and I wanted to cut you down a few notches. (laughs) You were ruining everyone's fun. (laughs) Right. Right. So, I mean, that's why I wouldn't confess is because I, cause if I'm going to get honest with you, now I got to get honest with you and that's even more hurtful. Right. Well, I think her confessing and doing this whole grand scheme that she did to call everybody and apologize and what 99% of the people didn't hear this happen, right. Um, right. shows me that she's not really a liar. She's not good at it because no. look at all the times that she's lied. She's gotten caught. Right, right. And it's a pretty dramatic, <laughs> huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think she gets caught because she, she, she just goes for it. I mean, yeah. the lie is so extravagant. Yeah. It's just, it's not like, oh, yeah, I, I pulled the car into the garage when you left it on the street. It's, it's, uh, it's, I'm a reporter and I'm doing a story <laughs> on this or, or I volunteer with muscular dystrophy kids. Uh, <laughs> No, people are going to find out that. They're going to find that out. So it's not a little lie. You're not going to get away with it ever. All right. Anything else? Well, I have one last question for um, Anne. You said that you like to listen to LRB when you're baking on Sundays. Is this mm-hmm. is this going to ruin that for you? Mm. You being on the show? Uh, well, obviously I can't listen to this episode. <laughs> You'll get over that. Uh, we'll see. I I'll hated ha- my voice, and um, Andrew gave me advice. He said, "Just, just get through it, and you just listen as if it's not you, and you'll be, a, and you'll be through it." Well, I'm worried about you on Sunday too, because by the time you would have gotten around to listening to the LRB episode and doing your baking, you will have had an ass full of us from doing the recap. So you mm-hmm. might not even. You'll hate us. Yeah. Mm, we'll see. At least you'll hate Bobby and me. Christy won't be there, so you can continue to love her. Oh, Meredith as well. I'm sorry. You might learn to hate Meredith, but they feel like you're thick as thieves already. Yeah. No, I could never hate Meredith. Yeah. Right. I don't see that happening. Um, Christy, this is as good a time as any to talk about uh, archiving. You have your star I do. here. You're number one. Yes. Sorry, Ashley. As I call her, my golden girl. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, she is awesome, and everyone should strive to be like her and earn as many and do as many weeks as her. Um, so people who've archived 10 weeks or more recently just got a special prize in the mail, and so you can, you can have that too if you go to the historians page. I guess you can't. Oh, maybe it was in the Stens page. Um, it's just a trophy that says um, you're a 10 of 10s. Excuse whatever. me, just a trophy? <laughs> Come on now. People have actually built trophy cases for for it. So it's pretty awesome. I mean, this makes my second trophy in my whole entire life. What was your first one? 
Uh, high school speech and debate. Oh, I like it. Yes, I was poetry interpretation. Hmm. That was my category. Eight minutes of poetry. So you've earned both of these trophies. A lot of hard work. I hope so. Yeah. So right now we have 57 weeks out assigned. Um, a few slackers in there that will be repoing their weeks. Because I'm going to still be doing the archive. So I'm going to come after you and your weeks. Damn. I think everyone just was like, oh, are we going to get a break from Christy's relentless badgering? No. Nope, you're no. not. <laughs> and so far we've completed 265 weeks. So we still need to move quick. Well, Christy, you are taking a break. Why again? Um, I'm having a lot of anxiety about the planning of my wedding. Mm -hmm. So I need to just be able Taking to focus some, on that. Some things off your plate. Yes. So you had a cake tasting. We talked about that. Yes. Um, how did that go? Um, it went really well. I'm sure the lady thought it was very weird that I brought Bobby with us. <laughs> <laughs> did he get to taste? He didn't. He didn't. I, I don't know why. I think we had taken him to this donut shop that's pretty famous around here. And that's what he had for breakfast. And then like two hours later, go to cupcakes. <laughs> I think he just needed actual food. Yeah. Not yeah. a diabetic coma. So, um. God, lightweight. <laughs> so we tested a bunch of cakes and picked. Well, so one of the things is when we were getting, when we announced that we were getting married to Ellie, I said, what do you want? I really want her to be involved. And I asked her what she wanted to do in the wedding or to have at the wedding. And she said she wanted cake pops, cupcakes, and cake. Mm. And it's the only thing that she said. It's a lot of stuff. So, that's a lot of stuff. But you know what? She wanted it. And you know what? You, that's awesome. <laughs> Cupcakes and cake pops are awesome. So we went to a tasting for just the cupcakes. Oh, so there are more tastings coming. Um, No, because the, well, the cake pops testing already happened. It did. Okay. Yes. A couple weeks ago. Hmm. I, don't, I don't, I love cake pops, but I don't care for the term because, because I have a skinny neck and a fat head. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've been so called a like cake a pop. Yeah. On, on some occasions and it's hurtful. Well, is, is cake pop more hurtful or cheddar base? Uh, wow. Yeah. I guess I'll take cake pop because the cheddar base <laughs> are pretty much gone, but does Anne cake know pop about remains. Cheddar base? I don't think I'll ever lose the cake pop. I've seen the picture of the cheddar base. Okay. So, you know, you know. Oh that. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cheddar base city, baby. Does it make you love or hate red lobster more? Love. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you want to get involved like Ann did, and uh, we've pulled her down into the hole with us now, uh, <laughs> go to the website, littleredbandwagon.com, and uh, submit your entry. Facebook, go to the Stens page if you want uh, some some posts about contact lenses that have things dangling from them that have nothing to do with TVTL. Or you can go to our page. It's a quite pleasant curated experience. A personal Twitter is at Drew McFrizz, at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S, at R.L. Pape, at Dadstronaut, at Meredith underscore Mayhan. Are you on Twitter, Ann? I am not because I hate technology. Oh, well, you're not missing anything, especially no, Jeremy's am, stupid feed. I, I am on Facebook, obviously. And if anybody mm -hmm. wants to friend me on Facebook... That would be awesome. I checked tonight. I have 98 friends, and I would like to make it over the 100 hump. 
Oh, I'm sure you will. And I just, I, the truth of the matter is I will never friend you. And it's not because I'm unfriendly or I'm stuck up, but it's because I'm so shy and I have such issues with rejection. I have the same thing. I can't bring myself to do it. I'm exactly the same way. I'll wait until someone friends me. I kind of, I I don't do, I don't do it quite that way, but I do kind of have to feel like 99% sure that it's going to be a welcome advance. Yeah. I always think, well, that person is just too cool. Why would they want to be my friend? (laughs) So I kind of pre-reject myself. All right. So no Twitter, uh, friend and Lundholm, L-U-N-D-H-O-L-M on Facebook. Um, the show Twitter is at LRB podcast. You can email us at little red bandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, in case you think I hate cats, uh, voicemails, 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. Welcome aboard the little red bandwagon and Lundholm. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. I will get coffee. I will sweep up <laughs> and I hear that we'll you have We'll see you on a- Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I'm ready to go. All right, uh, Christy, that's it. Do you have anything else for Anne, or are you going to get us out of here? Um, just one last housekeeping thing for people that if you have ideas for clip shows, upcoming clip shows, oh, right. um, submit those to me. Um, Christy, I think at some point maybe we should publish our schedule, uh, okay. maybe pin it, and then people will know what we're what we're going for, okay. like the different um, categories that, that they can submit clips for. Okay. I think that would be helpful, at least to me. You know I love to crowdsource the work. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. Until next time, this is the next party. Uh, even though you lie so much, Jen, I love you. And I love you for this particular lie, actually. You guys, can you hold for one second? Sure. Okay. Oh, those dummies are home. I'm back, guys. <laughs> oh, God. That's better than my Jesus. impression. <laughs> I'm just heading out. So we stopped in after coming back from Vancouver. I got to head down to Kent. So I What's up, buddy? Fun. Yeah. I posted the best picture of Jeremy ever taken to Facebook a few minutes ago. <laughs> I can't wait. <clears throat> I'll leave you with that, guys. I don't want to make this stop down too long. Jeremy has to edit this out. 43. Yep, 43. See you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye. Have fun tonight. Bye, buddy. Nailed it.